Are you about to start a podcast or producing a podcast and tired of doing the editing yourself? We have produced over 1,000 daily shows and the production team that I've created, they're now available to produce shows for you as well. We can do as little or as much as you need from finding and communicating with guests, preparing introductions, to editing the audio and video. You will sound better, have a more professional presence, and be able to spend your time doing other valuable tasks on your business. Let me know you're interested by emailing me directly at Whitney at LifeBridgeCapital.com. This is your daily real estate syndication show, and I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today is a highlight show that's packed with value from different guests around a specific topic. Don't forget to like and subscribe, but also go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up to start investing in real estate today. I hope you enjoy the show. Our guest is KK Singh. Thanks for being on the show, KK. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure, Whitney. So you wanted to get into multifamily. You quickly realized how long it was going to take with single family you know, to scale. So you started pursuing multifamily. You started submitting those LOIs, all of them getting rejected. Quickly, you realized it's a whole new animal, like you mentioned, than what you had been doing. And so I guess let's walk through that approach a little bit because I've had numerous people invest with me who are, you know, they're looking to be a syndicator. They're looking to get into deals you know, eventually and be a deal sponsor, you know, just like yourself. But, you know, they've invested just to learn the industry and learn the business better, just like you did. But, you know, let's help that listener now or that maybe potential investor go through those thought processes that you were having then as far as, you know, well, should I be a passive investor so I can learn the business or should I just keep putting in my LOIs? So I guess take us back to when you were there a few years ago and, you know, how you decided to really learn do this business? Actually, when I was in the gas station business, I have a lot of cash flow because of my, I have eight gas stations in a laundromat. And my main purpose was how can I reduce my taxes? That was the main purpose. And we bought these 40 single family houses and ended up paying a little more, even more taxes. And I realized and I signed up on bigger pockets, start learning about my and the multifamily and the syndication process. That's when I learned about what syndication is. So I started following syndicators on bigger pockets and went to their website, kept learning, read some books about syndication. And finally, I decided to take some courses. So when I started, I was not interested in becoming a syndicator, but I thought I'm going to keep investing passively. But as I started learning, I realized that it was my passion. So I decided to go active instead of passive. But I started taking courses. I took, I took like four courses, four courses, read a lot of syndication books, read a, a lot of other books. And also, I got into some motivational stuff since I attended Rod Cleave's uh, camp two years ago. And it was so motivational. I started learning about motivations and setting up my goals. I had been setting up my goals, but most of my goals I couldn't meet because I was not doing the right way. So I started learning about setting goals, how to set goals and how to track my goals and how to be very specific on the goals. So I started learning all that motivational stuff and kept moving on. 
uh, onwards and upwards, which is our motto of our company. So I kept learning and kept doing some stops every day. And finally, I invested in seven deals passively so far. And in two deals, I'm a general partner. So I kept moving on upwards and onwards. And that's how I got here. Awesome. So you're very experienced as a passive investor. You know, you've invested on seven deals. You know, let's help the passive investor from your experience to know, you know, who to partner with and what we should be looking for. Maybe some, you know, we help them to get started. Just a few things that they should help narrow down, right? Narrow down the deals, the opportunities, you know, to quickly say, okay, here's some sponsors that I want to start hearing from, you know, their opportunities. You know, how do we know who those people should be? Okay. How I started I started following them on bigger pockets. And I made, look at this here. I have been writing all, taking notes, making links in my Evernote. I'm very passionate about Evernote. I use Evernote a lot. So I made a list of the sponsors who I found on the internet. First, I started with the bigger pockets. I made a whole list and then I went and started following them on bigger pockets. And then from there, I went to their website, did some research did their track record, how many deals they have done. Um, I went to their website and then started calling them and then interviewing them. And I made a list of these all these questions, 42 questions to ask them. And as I kept learning, the list started keeping bigger, making bigger. And then I made my criteria. I wrote down my criteria of investment. That was passively. How do I pick up my sponsor? How do I pick up the deals? And so I wrote down the criteria. And finally, I picked up one sponsor to start with, the closest one in Indianapolis, which was Ivan Barrett, and invested with him in the deal and kept learning. And then I got a, um, access to the reports. Every three months, they send the reports. The reports, I go to the portal and I can download the reports and read those reports, what's going on on the property. And also, I could see the money coming, flowing in. That's how I figured out. And I did research on several other sponsors too, and I'm invested with four or five different five different sponsors. So what about that criteria? Could you help us with that criteria or somebody that, you know, is just getting started? They don't really understand how to maybe even come up with the criteria they should have. Okay, okay, so help them build their criteria for that, you know, that deal sponsor, that criteria like you had. Okay, first of all, in my criteria, number one is the strong growth market. I want to see, look at the population of the market. I want to see the job growth of the market. So, when I received these offering memorandums, I signed up with several syndicators, as I told you, that I talked to several of them. And I kept receiving, started receiving, I got on their email list and started receiving the OMs. And then I go online, since I had taken all these classes in this coaching program uh, from Rod Cleave, Neil Bava, and some others. So I know how to research the market. So I did own my own research. And then I, from the job market, then then I looked at the underwriting, if it's conservative underwriting or or it's liberal underwriting. So I do my own research and then I look at my minimum IRR. I want my money to double in five to six years. And I always invest where 
the investors have a skin in the game. That's one of my criteria. And then I want to look at the cash on cash return, the return, annualized return, and the IRR. And I like to exit within five to seven years. And this criteria may differ from person to person depending on their goals and their financial ability to invest. But this is what my criteria I wrote down. And I am also going to be at some point investing in other asset classes like the mobile parks and the storage units. But I'm now focusing on the multifamily at this time. Yeah, I think one key thing, though, about you, we've talked at numerous events and stuff now, and it's been great to get to know you and just your growth in this business as well and see that happen. But one key thing about you is that you have educated yourself. You have really spent the time, you've spent the money, and, you know, you've met the people in the business and you have educated yourself. And so, you know, even if you never became a general partner or you know, a deal sponsor, like you're much more educated, you're much more savvy about investing in these type of opportunities because of the work you've done, you know, beforehand. And so even talking about a strong growth market or in knowing where to find that information and what that should look like to the, I mean, especially to the underwriting and numerous other things you mentioned, most investors or most people, you know, they're busy with their other business or their day job, whatever that may be. They don't want to have to take the time to educate themselves like you have, you know, so I feel like you're, you're much more savvy than most, but maybe for the listener, what kind of, you know, let's break a few of those down, you know, as far as the like strong growth market, job growth, what's going to help you see that, okay, this is a good market as far as job growth and population growth. Do you have a couple specific things on the amount of growth or anything like that, or maybe where you would find that information? Yes. If there is no job growth or if there is no population growth, you cannot expect your occupancy to be higher. You cannot expect the rents to go up. You always, if the population is going down, and then there are going to be, I mean, it's a demand and supply thing. So if the population is going down, definitely the vacancy is going to be higher. And if people don't have money, if the jobs, the people are losing jobs as they did in 2007-8, then what they do is normally they consolidate themselves if son is living separate, then they'll move with their parents so that they can make both ends meet. So I think uh, these are the basic points. Population and the job growth are the two keys that everybody should be looking, even they invest as a limited partner or a general partner, or even if they buy a property for themselves. Any final words for you know that passive investor that's looking to invest in deals? You know, maybe they're just learning the syndication business. They're brand new to investing in this type of asset or this type of investing. What would you tell them? I mean, any final things maybe that I didn't ask you that you'd like to share with them? You did ask me in the beginning, but I didn't answer at that time. I kept it for now. I always suggest to your listeners that invest in yourself before you invest in any real estate. Try to learn the business. Try to educate yourself. There's a lot of material out there that's free. Also, join some Facebook groups. There's a lot of people throwing a lot of information there. You can learn from them, buy some books, read some books, podcasts, all free stuff where you can learn. I listen to one podcast every day, and I have been listening to, I think, about three years. 
Our guest is Rachel Richards. Thanks for being on the show, Rachel. Yeah, thanks for having me, Whitney. Rachel retired at age 27 with over $10,000 per month in passive income. And we're going to learn today how she did that and just what passive income is. But she's the author of two best-selling books on financial literacy and real estate investor with almost 40 rental units. So, Rachel, thank you again for your time and being on the show with us today. Uh, to hearing your story, I love stories like this, especially at 27. I mean, that's what everybody dreams about, right? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I never imagined I would retire this young, but here we are. <laughs> You know, so give us a little more about, you know, that story or, you know, I know we want to jump into it, but, but let's go back a little bit. You know, is that, is real estate always been a dream of yours? You know, was it something that that somebody, you saw somebody else do when you were a teenager or, you know, uh, get us started a little bit? Yeah. I mean, even since a young age, I've been a total finance nerd and really interested in how to create a lot of money. And so I, I was an avid reader all throughout middle school, high school, college, and I'd learned a lot about real estate investing. And so it's something I always wanted to do. To me, real estate investing is one of the best tools for building long-term wealth. So 2017 is when my journey of creating passive income started. At the beginning of that year, my husband and I had $0 in passive income. So that year, we invested in our first rental property. We purchased our first duplex. And then later that year, I wrote and published my first best-selling book, Money Honey. So we had these two passive income streams, rental income and royalty income. And we focused on growing those as much as we possibly could over the next few years. So fast forward to today, we now have almost 40 units. And last year, I just launched my second book. So my book royalty income has increased significantly. And that is how I was able to quit my job and retire last year at the age of 27. Wow. Okay. So how did you educate yourself and and what pushed you into real estate at that time? I mean, most people are pursuing some type of career or corporate career, you know, some other type of avenue. What was it for you? Yeah, I've had a pretty varied background. I started as a financial advisor, but even before then, I was reading tons of books. That's primarily how, how I learn anything. But then I was licensed in my Series 7, Series 66 license to help people invest. And then I actually took a job in a real estate position where I was working for somebody who was flipping properties. And I took the job because I knew I wanted to do it myself. So I figured this is going to be a great learning experience for me. I ended up getting my own real estate license just for the sake of me purchasing my own investment properties. And that's how I really got into real estate investing. Okay. So now, you know, you've got the bug. You're like, okay, we're going to do this. You're educating yourself. You know, I guess first though, give us a couple key things that helped educate you. And even, uh, yeah, let's start there. What what were you reading? What was educating you to, to make you take action like that? I think one of the first books I read about real estate investing was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because he talks about it. And then I was like, this sounds really cool. And then from there, I read all sorts of books. So one of my favorite books about rental property investing specifically is called Hold by Steve Chater and the McKissicks. It's so, so good. I still use some of their templates to do analysis. So those are some great resources. And then, you know, one of the things you have to be really good at from the get-go is doing your projections and doing your financial analysis. So it's important to have a really great spreadsheet or calculator or some type of resource where you can project out, okay, here's how much I think I'm going to be able to rent the property for. Here's the vacancy. Here's all the expenses. And then being able to look, the two metrics I look at are the cash on cash ROI and the, the capitalization rate. So I kind of focus on those two things and the cash flow. 
And other, other investors focus on a lot of other metrics, but in my opinion, those are the three main metrics to focus on. So I just think having a good understanding of those, you know, what those are and being able to accurately project out your rental income and expenses, that's really important. Okay. Yeah. And projecting things like that. Any other tips for projecting uh, those items? And maybe you could list those again, uh, what you said were you know, most important to you. Yeah, the rent revenue you have to project. And the way I do that is I I basically look on Craigslist and Zillow to see what are the other active rentals to come up with a pretty good estimate. And then I always make it conservative. So if everything else out there that's similar to my property is renting for 800 a month, I'll just be a little conservative and maybe I'll estimate, okay, I can get 775 a month for this unit. Then you have to take into account the vacancy rate as well because it's not going to be rented 365 days a year. You're going to have some turnover. So you really need to account for that. Most investors use an 8% vacancy rate, which means that the property would be vacant for one month out of the year. Now, I think that's very conservative. I'm, I'm hoping my properties are never going to be vacant for a month, but I always estimate it that way that just because it's better to be conservative. And then you have all of your expenses. So this is where a lot of first-time investors make mistakes is on is where they estimate their expenses. Because it's easy to think, oh, my rental income minus my mortgage payment, and then that's my profit. <laughs> and in reality, there are a lot of other expenses out there that you need to, to think about. For example, utilities and lawn care. Are you going to pay for that or is the tenant going to pay for that? Also think about things like HOA fees, maintenance and repair, capital expenditures. And I always tell people, you have to budget in an expense for a property manager because most likely, most of us don't want to quit our jobs to become full-time landlords, right? And to make rental income truly passive, you have to have a property manager in place. Even if you're not going to hire one from the get-go, just budget that in to make sure the numbers will still work. So that's kind of what I start with to estimate my net cash flow. And then from there, I like to look at the cash on cash ROI, which basically takes your annual profit divided by your initial investment. And that is an important metric for me because I want to at least be able to beat the stock market. To me, it's kind of like, what's the point of investing if I'm not going to get a higher return than what I could get in the stock market? So I've always aimed for a minimum of a 12% cash on cash ROI. Okay. I was going to ask you what that would be or what that figure would be. You know, so to $10,000 a month in passive income, is that all from rentals or mostly rentals? So it's actually closer to $15,000 a month now, but I would say on a, in a normal month, not during coronavirus, but in a normal month, we are profiting anywhere from seven dollars to $12,000 per month from the rentals. And then my book royalties make up the other big chunks. So in February, I just had my first $7,000 a month in book royalties. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share it with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day. 